Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll put resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hey, guys, and welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. It's your host, Lisa, and I am very excited. I feel like I say this the start of every single episode, but I feel even more excited today because I have had a small break from recording and it's just really nice to get back into it. Today I am doing a solo episode, so it's just me and I'm actually recording from my brand new podcast studio slash kitchen, which is really exciting. I know some of you have been following along on Instagram over the course of that week and a half where I was having the renovations done. And I just filmed a little um, video to show you what it now looks like. I am absolutely stoked with how it looks. I've never done any kind of renovation before. So this was definitely a learning curve for me. Originally, I was going to like revamp the kitchen. There's like companies that will sort of like redo your uh, doors and your cabinets and stuff like that. And then I ran into a friend of mine at the gym one day and he does kitchens and it came up in conversation and he was like, Lisa, just let me like quote you for a new kitchen just so you can compare And it wasn't that much more for me to get him to do a brand new kitchen. So that's kind of where that came from. And I'm so, so glad that I ended up doing that. It like I had overheads put in and like I finally have a dishwasher, which I know sounds really like spoiled that that's such a big thing, but I'm meal prep and having to do so many Tupperware dishes every single day is just like, I hated it. So it is a big thing for me and I'm absolutely like so happy that I have done that. I have to say though, during the process of chatting with trades and trying to organize things, there were so many times where I felt so stupid. (laughs) Like, you know, like someone, like I had a trade ask me what my walls were made out of. And I'm like, like, I don't, like how, how do you just know that? Like, okay, like I've obviously kind of learnt now, but I was like to him, I don't know, like there's brick on the outside of the house. Does that mean that the walls on the inside of the house are brick? And he's like, yeah, nah, that that doesn't mean that the inside walls are necessarily brick. I did find out that they are gyprock, FYI. Um, But, you know, like just things that you don't know or, you know, I'd have, Um, someone talking to me about like kickers or like how do you want this and like it was just a lot and um, at certain times you know doing this um, as a single woman like I am I am more than capable don't get me wrong but there were certain times where I was like I just feel like 
you know, if one of my girlfriend's husbands were here, they would just know the answer to all of these questions and I don't. And so, yes, I was forced to learn in a way, but like super grateful for that experience. The kitchen is done now and I had new floors put in as well and it's just absolutely beautiful. So uh, have a look at the post that I put up and let me know what you think. I can't wait to have my first guest in here as well. A little bit of a life update on me and what's been happening outside of the kitchen. I have had a really crazy, probably I would say six weeks now. You know, life is full of ups and downs and I have had, you know, probably a good four week spell there where I just really wasn't um, coping Um, and it wasn't necessarily mental health. It was just like I had a lot of stress, an increased amount of stress in my life and I felt like I was like just keeping my head above the water. I think I explained it on one of my stories as if like I felt like a toothpaste tube that had had like absolutely everything. Like, you know, when you're trying to get the last bits out of the toothpaste tube, that was me. There was nothing left inside of me. And I'd come home from work every day and I just, I just did not have anything left inside of me. And I really felt like I was creeping towards burnout. And this is why I was so, so grateful for the conversation that I'd had with Sammy, um, which is a previous podcast that you can listen to, where she shared her story around burnout. And I'd never really spoken to anyone with burnout before. And so because I'd had that conversation with her, I was able to be a lot more self-aware than maybe I would have otherwise. And yeah, it was just a huge learning. And I just had to kind of write it out and just allow myself to not do anything like after work or on weekends, like really just dial it back just to kind of get through that time. And, you know, like anything, like everything settles. And like, I knew that that was, that would come. So I just needed to be able to get through that period. And I will say um, things are starting to settle down a bit now. So I feel like I have the energy to do things and I feel like I have the energy to give to you guys as my listeners, um, which is why I'm so excited to be recording today. Uh, You'll probably see my stories coming up over the next few months. I'm actually about to go into a prep. So I've done a couple of fitness competitions in the past And I am going to be competing again in October this year, which I'm really, I can't wait uh, for this whole process. It's a 20 week prep and I have a new coach this year and I'm yeah looking forward to working together with him. I know that some people have different opinions around fitness competitions. I don't really care. Uh, You can, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. For me, I just, love this challenge I also like a huge part of like me learning about myself and learning to deal with my like mental health over the last you know 15 years or so was that I learned that I couldn't trust uh, you know my brain all the time or I couldn't trust you know what I was telling myself and so this has been in the past a really good lesson for me that, you know, I would have originally said to myself, oh, you know, you could never have a body like that or you could never look like that on stage or you could never go on stage like that in a sparkly bikini and huge heels, you know. And 
just going through the process and following following and trusting the process that if you do all those little things or those big things, you know, along the whole way, you can actually achieve anything that you want to achieve. And especially the first time I did it, the learnings and the lesson that came out of it was huge in that I literally can do anything I want to do if I'm just going to put in the work and I'm going to put in the effort. And so I have, yeah, decided to do it again in October and, yeah, I'm really excited about that. So that's a little bit of a recap, um, I guess, about me (laughs) and my life and what's been going on. Now, it might have been maybe a week and a half ago or so, I shared on the high tide, low tide stories um, that I had been feeling really lonely. And this was a theme that had continued to come up for me recently. And I asked if anyone would be interested in listening to an episode on that. And there were quite a few people that reached out and said yes. And I'm really grateful that they did that. Because I always say, you know, it's natural to be like a little bit scared about sharing things and being vulnerable. So I was a little bit worried about sharing how I've been feeling. But I know that if I'm feeling this way, there has to be other people out there that are feeling the same way. So I just hope that maybe this might help somebody else who's feeling the same way as me. I still have this like, I don't know where it comes from, but it's like this like deep like worry that like I feel like it's taboo or like I guess almost like I feel like I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I'm lonely. Like I don't know where that comes from. Like I don't remember anyone ever like saying, oh my God, how embarrassing that somebody feels lonely or anything like that. But I just Yeah, like I almost feel more nervous talking about all of this stuff. Like, and I have so much oversharing coming up in this episode, guys. Like, really, like, (laughs) I hope that it hits the mark. But it's just, yeah, and just, yeah, more worried about some of the other episodes that I have recorded in the past. Now, I like, I know, like, I know for a fact that I'm not alone. Like, I have so many wonderful people in my life. I have like great family and I have a really close knit group of girlfriends around me. Like, so I know for, like, I know I'm not alone, but being alone and being lonely are two very, very different things. And so I kind of have to manage my time because I do need my alone time. But, you know, if I think about it, like I go to the gym before work and that's a solo activity that I do like I don't go and train with somebody I go and I train on my own and then I go to work and I'm an account manager and I spend a lot of my time visiting cafes so I drive from one cafe to the next different businesses and outlets and visit customers and so whilst I am connecting with people uh, at the venue I still spend a lot of time on my own in the car And then I come home and I live alone. So I am alone again. So like I said, I I have to just be mindful because if I end up spending then too much time alone, I'll just be like a sad mess on the couch because I'm just like focused on how alone I am. But I also need time alone to 
I guess, recharge my batteries because if I spend too much time in large groups of people, it also drains me. So I'm just like fucking high maintenance, I guess. Like, but I think this feeling of loneliness has definitely, I've become more aware of it over the last six to 12 months. And I think I would confidently say I have never felt more lonely than I have in the last 12 months, in my entire life. In 35 years, I've never felt more lonely than the last year. And I don't know what it is. I've obviously been trying to reflect and figure out why is it that I'm feeling this way now? And I just think there's something missing. Like I lived in, when I was living in Indonesia for five years, I was on that small island in Gili Tea, and there was just such a strong community there. Like everybody li- lived and breathed each other. You know, you would work all day together. You would be doing groups of divers together and you would do everything social together. So, you know, you would go out for dinner at night and you would go out for drinks and you'd go around to someone's house and it was all very almost like communal in a way. And we had this very much shared passion in diving. So there was just this connection in that sense. And, but there was also this other aspect in that like everyone just was like really helpful without being asked. So, you know, if I had to move house over there, you just know that there would be three people there. Like you wouldn't even have to ask them to come and help. And, you know, I can remember there being fires on the island and there's no like fire brigade there's no fire truck there's no cars like there's there's nothing like that and so you would get this message in the middle of the night to say there was this fire and just everybody that I knew would get up and we'd go there and we'd be doing something to try and help people would be bringing hoses from their businesses we'd be trying to move different things and everyone just came together very easily you know, there would be boats sinking off of the island and everyone would be out there pull, try, like physically pull, trying to pull it out of the sea. You know, and that's not to even mention the fact that we, a, a large portion of us went through a 6.9 magnitude earthquake together in 2018, which very clearly would have created a very strong bond between a lot of the people that were there. So there was just yeah, something like something different. And I got obviously very used to living in a place like that where everyone is just all over each other. You do everything together and everyone knows what everyone's doing. And it's just, yeah, it just had this different kind of feel to it. And then when I moved back here uh, in 2020, so it's pretty much been three years now since I came back to Australia uh, because of COVID. And it was a really big adjustment for me because I just feel like here everyone's really quite separate like everyone has their family unit and they do things together with their family for the most part and then trying to organize catch-ups with people you know it's really got to be planned out and it's not just like people don't just pop over without asking and things like that which I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't want others popping around without asking and whatnot so I just I started, I think, to develop a bit of a a story in my own head around it. I think I started to like assume 
that everyone just wanted to be alone in their family and like didn't want to connect with others. I also felt like I couldn't really ask others for help. You know, even when it just came to silly things like having to pick something up, you know, with a bigger car or trying to lift something that I couldn't do myself or trying to build something that came in a flatback because they drive me mad. So I just like I made this this storyline, I guess, and and started to really tell myself that, you know, there was no community here and that no one wanted to help anyone else. And when I stop um, and I, you know, I had to stop and like reflect and actually think like, what proof do I have that that is correct? Like, why am I telling myself this and where does it come from? And when I stopped and started to reflect, I realized that actually so many people are so willing to help. And I don't know why I was telling myself that, you know, I had a, a friend's husband help me pick up a fridge from another place and drop it off at my new house. I have had my aunt, my uncle and my cousins help me collect a outdoor daybed from somewhere and bring it back. So I guess I was like, why am I telling myself this story? And I realized that I was just looking for confirmation bias. So if you keep telling yourself a story and it's what you're looking for, that's what you're going to find. It's like the example of like, uh, I got a brand new black RAV4 last year through work. I don't own it, (laughs) but I got this car and now it's like, that's all I see a black RAV4s on the road. So it's because it's what I'm aware of. It's been brought to my attention because that's what I drive. So if you are constantly looking for things, that is what you're going to find. So I realized what I needed to do was stop telling myself that story and looking for the proof when that's not even true. And the other big aspect of loneliness that I guess is coming up for me is around relationships and dating. And this is something that I'm scared to talk about. (laughs) But, you know, I'm 35 I am single and I've been single since late 2020. So I had been with a partner when I was living in Indonesia, you know, oh, you know, for the most part that I was living there, not the entire time, but, you know, we were living together and um, yeah, it had been like multiple years that we'd been together and he is Swedish. So we both left Indonesia at the same time. I came back to Australia and he went back to Sweden. And as time went on, you know, I couldn't leave the country. He couldn't come here. I couldn't go there. So at some point we realised that the relationship needed to end. And that is completely fine. Like we, um, it was very amicable and um, I wish him all the best. He's actually engaged now. So congratulations. <laughs> but like I, I, I realised, you know, it's, it's been what, like two and a half years now, whatever it is. I want to be in a relationship. And I feel like there's this weird stigma in that, like, you're not supposed to like admit that or something. I don't know. Maybe that's another story that I'm making up for myself, but I feel like I have so much to give, but I don't want to just give it to anybody. Like I, I don't want to like waste my time giving that part of myself to someone who isn't the right person. But I just really feel like it's quite difficult to meet people. Like, how are people meeting other people? 
like at my like in my age group because I am at a point in my life where I am not out at bars and clubs every weekend like it's just like obviously not my scene I cannot deal with these kind of hangovers anymore and yeah so I'm not in a lot of social settings in which like people are out and intending to meet other people so therefore of course like I have defaulted to apps now like for me it's just not really been the best time so far like I definitely do the thing that I think everyone does when they have apps and they all like oh I will have them for a little while use them swipe 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 not meet anyone and then like delete them for a month and then a month later I'll re-download them and just be disappointed again but I don't know for me it just feels really inauthentic because people literally get like 0.5 of a second of my attention before I've made an instant like judgment on their like very first photo like and I know that that's not great but I don't know that's just how like how how I've used it and like like I just feel like it's very difficult to get a vibe through five photos of someone and a line saying something about pineapple on pizza or oh my god I love to travel and you know most people like to travel and like let's just assume that we like to travel unless otherwise specified like it's just the same like 10 things written in people's like bios and I just I don't know it's boring but maybe my profile's boring as well I don't know and it's just like it's very easy to get a very quick ick from looking at people's profiles and you know they're not good looking enough they're too good looking they I don't know not tall enough too tall whatever like it's just it's just very superficial and I just feel like you don't you don't get somebody's energy from looking at them on an app like there's probably people that I swiped no to who if I met them in person I would think they were amazing but you just can't get the same vibe of an actual human being through the screen and like from the very few people that I actually end up matching with like I hardly ever have met actually that person in real life (laughs) I just feel like people don't know how to have conversation on there so you say hey how are you good um how are you good what'd you do today like it just doesn't ever go anywhere it's just very blah it's very vanilla and when I was originally single when my partner and I broke up um after Indonesia I went on a couple of like I wouldn't even call it a day I met two different guys well, I think it was two or three and like for a drink after work one night somewhere local. And I just, you know, from the very beginning, like I knew that there wasn't a spark. And I know, I do believe that chemistry can build in some instances when it's someone that you're organically going to see. But I think that in like a first date or a drink meetup type situation, it's just... I think you know very quickly if you're attracted to that person or not. And so that kind of like put me off because I was really scared of then meeting people 
um, from the apps and then not and then knowing immediately that it wasn't going to go anywhere so it kind of deterred me from doing it and also like these are realistically these are strangers so like it is a little bit scary to just go and meet a stranger in real life you know and then in like late 21 I like met someone in real life met somebody and we dated for a few months and that was really lovely absolutely wonderful person but it just wasn't going to go anywhere And so that fizzled out. And then I had another crack at being on the apps and whatnot. And so I'm going to share a story now um, about somebody I met a few months ago. And in the lead up to recording this, I read back through all of the messages that we had on Tinder and then uh, through text just to fucking punish myself, I swear, but just to kind of like, I guess, like remember how that actually went. And so this person and I, we matched on Tinder and the banter was there from the very beginning. Like it was so good. He was witty and he like was so interested in me and the things that I had done. And he was just so, so lovely. And so we had been chatting backwards and forwards on Tinder for a little bit. And then it moved to text, which was nice. I usually prefer um, if it moves to text because I like in the past people like, oh, like add me on Instagram. That's fine. But like, it just never goes anywhere. And it's just, people just lurk in your stories and I look back in their stories, but then nothing ever happens. So I prefer when it moves to text. And he was like messaging me frequently and he was so, so charming. And he asked me, uh, we were supposed to catch up on a Sunday afternoon. And then um, I thought he was going to message me. He thought I was going to message him anyway. Um, And it it didn't happen, but um, the conversation kept going and it was just a mistake. And then we had decided we were going to catch up on the following Friday night. And so, you know, he messaged me that morning to check in, make sure everything was all good for that night. He texted me and asked if uh, I wanted him to pick me up. And we were going to um, Sweet Amber, which is at Semaphore, so it's not far from where I live. So he was coming my way. He asked if he wanted, if I wanted him to pick me up. I said yes, and we, I think we were on for seven o'clock. So he texted me when he was leaving his place to keep me informed. When he got here, he texted me to let me know that he was here. And so I got my bag and I got ready and I was so nervous because I hadn't met someone on the app in so long. And when I walked out of my house, he had actually gotten out of the car to greet me, which I know might sound silly, but like that was just a nice touch. And from the moment that I met him for real, I knew I was attracted to him. Like he was gorgeous and I don't know. And I just believe in energy and the energy was there. I don't know, however you want to explain it. Anyway, so we went to Sweet Amber and we were going to have some, they do pizza. So we were going to order some pizzas and have a couple of drinks. And it was just so comfortable. And he was so chatty and the 
He, like, wouldn't let me pay for anything, which was really nice. You know, I would have got around or whatever. Like, I, it doesn't really matter. But it was just those little things. And I'm a little bit of a control freak. So before we went, I was like, oh, maybe I should ring up and book a table just in case because I just was thinking he wouldn't have done that. When we got there, he had booked a table. So it was just all these, like, everything that I would have wanted someone to do, he was doing. So we had a really, really great time. And they were closing at like 10 or something. So we left and he was going to drop me back off at home. And when we got back to my house, I was like, look, do you want to come in for a drink? Because I just feel like I wanted to continue talking to him. And I felt very comfortable. And he said, yes, like I'll come in for a drink if you're comfortable with that. And I was like, no worries. So he came in and we literally shared a beer, sat on the couch, like conversation on fire continued for so long and time, you know, was, was going on and, you know, it's getting a little bit late. So he left. So he, uh, I walked him out to the car and he asked if he could kiss me. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's great. And, you know, he left and he messaged me when he got home He checked in with me the next day, blah, blah, blah. We had these wonderful messages going backwards and forwards where like he said he was like really excited to like get to know me better and he had such a great time. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, this guy didn't even try to sleep with me last night. Like, I can't believe that this there's this person who's so lovely. Conversation is so great. Like, and he genuinely wants to get to know me better. Anyway, so that all continued and then we had plans to catch up again on the Friday coming up. So this was like a week later. And in the meantime, throughout the next few days, we actually had planned to see each other the following weekend to go to a fringe show because I had an extra ticket. So we had plans for two more weeks after that. And then it got to, I think it was like the Wednesday And we had been talking about music and I just feel like sharing music is like such a love language. So I had sent him a a band that I really liked. It was the Dregs actually. And um, shared that with him on the Wednesday and he didn't write back. And I was like, oh, no worries. Like he, I'm sure he's just busy work, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. And then it got to Friday. And so this is the day we're supposed to be seeing each other again that night. And I still hadn't heard back from him. So like, I can tell you that my, like, I had, I was extremely heightened at this point because like anxious attachment, blah, blah, blah. Like I had been so excited to see this person again and I hadn't heard from him. So I messaged him on the Friday and I was like, Hey, like, not sure if you got my last message. Um, are we still on for tonight? And I think I messaged that around like, I don't know, just before midday or something. So I didn't want to leave it too long. And I didn't hear back. And so that night I went and had a wine with my friend Kirsty because I was like devastated. I was upset. Like, and I feel like I'm allowed to be upset in this instance. So I didn't hear anything back. And then I think I, I was like, okay, I just need to send like one more message to this guy. And then I'm like never reaching out again. So I sent him a message being like, hey, like, I I hope you're okay, basically. Like, I'm really disappointed I didn't hear from you. And, like, I hope you're okay. And that was it. 
Never again did I hear from this guy. And I just want to point out a couple of things here. So, like, in reflection, I I think he pretty much love-bombed me and then ghosted the fuck out of me. But he had written in messages to me. He's like, I would never ghost somebody. Like, it's not that hard to say that I can't make it or I'm not interested or whatever it is. So I was like, he had said that to me and I am just, I like to believe that people are genuine and that people are kind hearted and that people don't intentionally try to hurt other people. So I kept saying to myself and I was saying to the girls, like something must've happened to him. Like he, he said he would never ghost me. Like I, something must've happened. Like I, he didn't have social media or he told me he didn't have social media anyway. So I couldn't find him online. I genuinely checked. (laughs) I checked the obituaries for this guy because I was like, there is no way that he has ghosted me. Like he was so genuine. The connection was there. He didn't even try to sleep with me the first night. Like something must've happened to this guy. He's had an, he's had an injury. He's in hospital. Something's happened. But, you know, as time kind of went on and now it's been multiple, multiple months, like, he just ghosted me. Like, I just, I have had to come to terms with the fact that he just ghosted me. But I just, like, I still, even now, I just, I like, I just can't understand why. Like... Why would I, why would somebody do that? And I know that it's not like I'm the only person this has ever happened to. And that actually, from what I've read, it's pretty common. But like, if you don't want to see someone again, just do them the courtesy of telling them that. Like, just say that. Like, you don't, you don't have to see me again, but don't, like, I just, it really shook me to be completely frank because for several reasons. The first reason was that I feel like my read of this person must have just been so off. And I like I like to think that I could trust myself and that I can get a genuine understanding of the type of person somebody is. And if you were to read these messages, like I just cannot believe that someone would say these things and then behave in this manner. And the other reason that it really shook me was because for the first time in a long time, I had met somebody that I had connected with and I had become excited about, you know, dating someone and being able to, you know, and spending time with somebody and, you know, you know, being able to go to the movies together or out for dinner or just to have somebody to sort of hang out with, I guess. And I just think it's just so... So unkind. And yeah, I I continued to go over and over and over in my head and I would read back through the messages and be like, I just don't understand. And I had told all the girls about this guy because I'd had this amazing date and I'd got them all excited and then it just absolutely died. And, you know, (laughs) I, I just, yeah, I really, it really, really shook me. And after a couple of weeks of like, just being a sad panda about it and like swearing like I'm just never gonna I just don't ever want to meet ever I don't ever want to meet anyone ever again I'm never going through this again I took the time to reflect 
on the situation of this date and what could I take out of it? What could I learn from this? And the first thing that I decided I would take out of this experience was that I can meet people from the apps and have a genuine connection with them. I had a wonderful date with this man, a really, really good time. And so in the past where I'd been telling myself that, you know, to be scared of meeting somebody or that there's never going to be a connection when you actually meet in person, I had now found proof that I could have the opposite and that I could, you know, meet someone and have that connection to have a really good time. The other thing that I took out of this, and this is a bit of a bigger one, was when we were sat on my couch that night having a discussion, he was asking me a lot of deep questions. And one of those questions was if I wanted to have children. And I really struggled to answer that question when he asked me, like I fumbled my way through answering. And what I realized was that because I had been single for so long and I think that part there's part of my brain that's really, really scared that I'm not going to find anyone and that will mean that I'm not going to have children. As a protective mechanism, I started to convince myself that I didn't want them because if you don't want something that you can't have, then it hurts less. And I never realised that that's what I was doing until I had this moment to reflect. So I do I do want to have a child. I want to have it with the right person. I'm not in a rush or anything like that, but I also am 35 and it's something that I have to think about. But had this man not asked me that question and had I not fumbled through the answer and had a chance to reflect on it, I might still be trying to convince myself that it's something that I don't want. And so I'm grateful that he asked me that question because now I know the next person that I meet, I will confidently be able to say to them, yes, I want to have children. So I am grateful in hindsight for the experience that I had with this man, (sighs) even though part of it was, you know, a, a bit painful and a bit sad. So now I'm choosing to see that as a lesson um, in that it sort of steered me back to my truth um, around that topic. I also have realised that I have created this story in my head that there are no good men or no good men in Adelaide or, you know, that we all hear about this man drought here. And I think that I had been like continuing to repeat this to myself. And so, again, coming back to that car analogy that I used before, what you are looking for, you'll find. So I'll look through the apps and find nothing I like or I'm finding proof to support the the belief that I have that there are no good men here. And I was ignoring the evidence of the great men around me. And so... (laughs) 
I decided that I want to try and change that mindset. So I started to do this thing. <laughs> this is another like really cheesy thing that I'm scared about sharing. But I had I was continuing to see 1111 and 111 angel numbers on my phone, my phone at the, when the, for the time. And so I decided every time I would see that, I would stop and for a minute until it clicked over to 12, I would sit and I would go inside and I would say to myself, there are wonderful men all around me. There are men who are looking for relationships all around me. There are men who want to be loved all around me. There are great men who can communicate and who are emotionally intelligent all around me. And I would repeat these things over and over and over again um, to myself to try and change that narrative that I have going on in my head. And when I stop and I think about the people that have come to me, the men that have come to me, even just, I guess, in the last like four or five months, it's like I'm attracting the truth in that. Like the universe is trying to show me that there, that is the truth. And, you know, not necessarily for dating, but if I think about the men that I have met recently, if I think about the likes of Kane Dover and Stefan um, Supic, who run Man on Purpose. I met them in the last six months. They've both been on the podcast. Both wonderful, strong, intelligent, emotionally intelligent men. I think about Nick, who was on the podcast as well. It's like I said, the universe is trying to show me there's proof. I made two new friends at the gym recently, um, Baz and... Uh, Jason and they're both wonderful men so it's like the universe is trying to show me that is out there there are men like that out there so stop telling yourself otherwise now I still have not solved the best way to meet someone in 2023 um I'm still trying to figure that out so if anyone has any tips please let me know I do know that there has been a new like a speed dating event created here in Adelaide um, by a couple, I believe, called Yeah Nah Maybe. And this is being run at Bowdoin Cellars. I think they've had two events now. I haven't been, but I've been following them along on socials. So if anyone has been, please let me know. And if anyone has any tips on how to meet someone here in Adelaide, please let me know. And when I talk about, you know, feeling lonely, I'm not always necessarily like referring to a partner, but just friends as well. Another thing I kept saying to myself was, it's so hard to make friends as an adult. Like, who? Who says that? Like, what is the proof of that? There is literally no proof. Since moving back from Indonesia, I have made a wonderful friend whose name is Elise And she's been on the podcast as well. But like that is a genuine friendship that has formed in the last, I think it's two years. Yeah, it must be two years. And like, it's not that difficult to make friends as an adult. I just need to stop telling myself those things. Put yourself out there, you know. So if you have listened to my ramblings today, I literally don't even know if this makes any sense. And you have maybe been feeling the same way as I have, not necessarily in regards to dating, but feeling lonely in general. The first thing I would say to you to do is to audit your thinking. Like actually take note on the thoughts that you're having. 
and challenge them. Like what proof is there of that? So, you know, it's no one has time for me or no one cares about me or no one wants to spend time with me or it's hard to make friends as an adult or girls are so bitchy or whatever that conversation is that's happening in your head, just take note of it because as soon as you create awareness about something, there's such huge power in that and that's when you can start to change it. So you can start to change the narrative, start to change that voice in your head Instead of saying, oh, it's so hard to make friends as an adult, start saying, like, there's great people all around me. There's people that want to spend time with me. There's connections everywhere around me. The next thing I would say to do is to look for groups around your passion or activities or hobbies or whatever. So what do you enjoy doing? And then how can you do more of it? Especially if it's a group like where there's going to be other people. So if you like, you know, painting, is there like a, a group that you can join where you do that? Um, a friend, a different friend, Elise and I, we did a pottery class a couple of years ago as well. So, and you meet people organically through shared, shared passions and shared interests, you know? And I think we all get into the habit of saying, oh, I'm too busy. Or I'm too tired after work. Like, are you really? Or are you just comfortable in what you're doing? You know, coming home after work, then you sit down on the couch for an hour, then you eat and then you go to bed, essentially. Like, you have one life. Are you really that tired? Or are you just comfortable, like I said? Like, is there other ways that you can put yourself out there more? I'm not saying that you have to go and do something after work every single day by any means. I certainly couldn't do that. But, you know, could it be that, you know, Thursday night is activity night or, you know, can you implement somewhere, something somewhere in your life to incorporate more of your passions so that you can meet more people who enjoy the same things? The other thing is I would encourage everyone to do is to talk to other people. smile at them and don't be scared to make the first move and when I say that I don't mean hitting on someone I mean like just starting a conversation with somebody for the first time you'll be surprised because most people want to connect and they crave connection and they'll be happy to have a chat You know, when I say this, and I think when I was planning out this episode, I'm thinking about myself at the gym. At the beginning of this episode, I said that, you know, I go to the gym and it's an alone thing because I train on my own. But I have now probably, probably like eight different people that train at the same time as me in the morning who now I will stop and have conversation with. And, you know, it took a little while, you know, it's starts off with you like acknowledging each other with a nod and then it's a like you know it just slowly progresses but like don't be scared to do that you know maybe someone doesn't want to have a conversation that's fine you'll pick that up and then you try with somebody else but like just put yourself out there more and this is something that I am also saying to myself and I'm so grateful that because I've done this I have made those friends at the gym and those are all wonderful people and I'm really happy about it 
So I guess this was such a jumble of an episode. And when I listen back, I really hope it makes sense. (laughs) But I just wanted to normalize the conversation around feeling lonely because it's like we're not supposed to say that we want a relationship or that we're lonely or that, you know, I I don't know. Like I don't know why I feel that way and I think that the people that I've spoken to about it have said that they also feel that way. But I want others out there to know that if they feel this way that they're not alone and that there are ways that, you know, we can actively, you know, try to turn that around. I listened to an incredible podcast the other day. If anyone who's followed me for a while now, they know that I love the Diary of a CEO podcast by Stephen Bartlett. And he had an episode uh, with Chris Williamson a few weeks back now. And the episode is number 237. And this episode just absolutely hit home with all of the things that I've been talking about in this episode today. I put it on by chance uh, at the gym when I was training, listened to the whole thing, got into the car to drive to my first visit and listened to the entire thing again. And I think it's like a 90 minute episode or something like it's a long episode, but this is probably my favorite episode of Diary of the CEO that I have ever listened to. And some of the statistics that are in there are absolutely shocking but I really, really loved it. So if this episode has resonated with you, I highly recommend that you go on and listen to that episode. And then please come and let me know what you thought and if you had any other takeaways from it as well. Look, guys, I am going to wrap up this episode here. Thank you so much for listening to this solo app and I can't wait to bring you the next one with a guest. Dewey! If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at Lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com or DM me on Instagram at high tide, low tide AU. See you next time.